Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and if you are listening to this podcast as soon as it publishes, you are probably realizing that the podcast is coming out a lot later than usual. I usually post these at the beginning of the day on Friday. This one's coming out a little later for a multitude of reasons. Um, And before we get too far into anything else, I am getting over being sick, and so my throat hurts still, and it's kind of like... My voice will like kind of go out for a second or I'll have to clear my throat. And so I do apologize in advance. I really hate the distraction of that, but unfortunately there's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) Um, Also on this podcast, we are using the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is in fact different than the Western tropical system of astrology. So in the sidereal system of astrology, we are using the astronomical placement of the planets, meaning the literal placement of the planets. To learn more about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology now, and you will find a podcast embedded there that shares many of the differences. Um, what else? Other housekeeping. So the Inner Knowing Vedic Coaching Program has sold out, which I feel very excited about. What I don't feel excited for is that I still have several discovery calls booked with individuals who are interested in the program, and I am unfortunately going to need to cancel those. So if you are listening to this, I just want to apologize in advance. I would absolutely love to connect with you and join forces with you, and perhaps that's something we can do next year or in a different capacity. And if you are someone who joined the program, I am so excited to spend time with you all for the next six months, get to know you, and get to witness your self-discovery. So super exciting stuff. Um, And it kind of took some time for me to be here today. Taking some time to ground if you are in a space where you're feeling a little caught up or a little anxious or a little distracted, maybe even trying that, just taking a deep breath in and exhaling with sound like I just did a few seconds ago. (sighs) And just releasing, letting your body become heavy and allowing yourself to be present wherever you are. If you're taking a walk or if you're driving or if you're washing dishes, whatever you're doing, just allowing yourself to feel embodied, to be in your body, to be in the present moment. Um, I had quite an intense three days and it ended up being one of the most profound experiences I've had recently and definitely not necessarily wanting to share the details of it. But what I want to remind everyone of is that when we are moving through a challenge, if we are moving through anxiety, if we are moving through depression, if we are moving through something that feels heavy and difficult, there is some healing in there for us. And it's not always obvious, but what is painful and what is challenging and what is difficult usually holds the medicine that we need in order to transcend in order to alchemize and in order to evolve. And just a little bit about my personal story. First of all, I'm not necessarily glorifying suffering, right? Like 
my job, the way that I perceive my job is to alleviate suffering, right? I don't want other people to be suffering. In my own life, my suffering has been the catalyst of the most powerful transformations, um, developing way more clarity on myself, developing clarity on the reality of what this life is about. And so usually I can maintain contact with that. And sometimes I need a reminder. This was a time that I needed a reminder. <laughs> I was having like a really difficult time and I was fortunate enough um, to have my teacher, who is my therapist. Um, it's like we've been together for so long. I've been seeing her for so many years. She's just like my guru. Um give me this reminder and it completely transformed everything for me. Like it's, it's again, it's like without giving everyone details, it's kind of hard to describe. But I think that if I'm boiling it all down to help share the medicine that I received recently is it's that as we're moving through difficulty, even if we can't necessarily see it in the moment, there is medicine in that challenge and there is medicine in that suffering that can give you the key to freedom. And with time and with awareness and with a keen perspective and with hope and most importantly with faith in ourselves and faith in the universe, we can absolutely find that key. So super important stuff. I'm still kind of processing and integrating my own experience. Um, I hope that that was helpful. I hope that that I hope that that was helpful to someone out there. I hope that it gives you hope and I hope that it reminds you of how powerful you are and reminds you of how the universe is colluding with you. <laughs> the universe is on your side. Um, yeah, but okay. So a few weeks back, I was recording a podcast on the eclipse and at the beginning I said, hey, I wanted to do like a, a new moon, full moon ceremony and my partner recommended that I talk about current events because it's so important and so prominent and I'm so glad that I took his advice and I thought that today could be the day that we do an eclipse reflection um, on my patreon account on the second tier I'm going to be doing the chart for Israel and looking at the transits for Israel and talking about some things that I'm seeing I was thinking about doing that on the public podcast but honestly where I am where I feel the state of the world is I feel like doing an eclipse reflection is like the vibe. I think that that's what we're needing in this moment. Um, executive decision. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do. But if you are interested in looking at the chart of Israel, you can um, go to Patreon. I do weekly horoscopes there as well. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And with that being said, though, you know, with the state of the world and everything that we see going on, um, my heart extends to everybody, and if any of my listeners are in that area of the world, if any of your family members or friends are in that area of the world, my heart just absolutely breaks, you know, and that goes for any war-stricken area, and in these times, I think that it's so important to remember that there is a difference between civilians and government. And we have to be so mindful about the messages that we're taking in and the stigma that we may be cultivating or a stereotype that we may be cultivating because the media is designed to get us to think and feel in a specific way for better or for worse, you know, and I think that more than anything, staying in our own sovereignty, the sovereignty of our heart of integrity to remember 
that civilians and people are different than the actions of the government. So I feel that way for every place on earth. Um, I feel that way for all people. And uh, there's this beautiful prayer at the end of the Ashtanga sequence. <laughs> if y'all are familiar with Ashtanga, I love Ashtanga. I think I have like a full paragraph about it in my About Me on my website. Um, Ashtanga saved my life, I will say. The physical practice of Ashtanga literally saved my life. Um, but there's this beautiful prayer at the end of it. And the the prayer ends with Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. And Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu, which I'm probably butchering, um, but it translates into may all beings everywhere be happy and free from suffering. And then Shanti 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 means peace, peace, peace. And so at the end of every practice, we chant this beautiful prayer asking that all beings everywhere be content and free from suffering. And so I just wanted to share that with you all. If that's something that you want to chant repeatedly, it may bring solace to yourself. It may bring solace to your heart. And just remember that there are lots of ways to help. There are lots of ways to be engaged that don't involve being on social media. I think that social media can be so overwhelming. I've had to like distance myself from it. Um, and I don't feel bad saying that. <laughs> I feel like some people, when you say that, they're like, oh, well, you don't want to pay attention to it. And look, guys... I'm a social worker. I worked with refugees specifically. And what I learned in that process is that it's absolutely okay to take space. And there are many ways to help and heal that don't necessarily mean inundating yourself with news on social media, inundating yourself with conflict on social media. Um, it, it, there are ways to help that don't involve that. You can donate quietly. You can choose to donate time by volunteering. There are many ways to help. So please don't feel guilty for taking time away from the media or not reading every single news headline. That was something that, again, I had to learn, and it's been profoundly helpful. And so I do hope that everyone listening is taking care of themselves, taking care of their loved ones, and doing their best to see people as people um, and the government as the government, right? There's a difference between the two. So um, it's Friday the 13th, y'all. That's pretty wild. Everyone hears Friday the 13th and they probably think of witches and black cats and superstition and things going wrong. And, um, you know, maybe you're into that. Maybe that's something that you find joy in. But something that I cannot help say every single time somebody brings it up, I blurt it out. One of my really good friends was telling me about um, a medical procedure her husband was having on Friday the 13th and I was like oh don't even worry about it because of what I'm about to tell you so Friday the 13th was originally the day of the goddess okay it's the goddess Freya she's the goddess of romance and love and fertility and so this was originally a holiday that glorified women <laughs> glorified fertility and it was a day that people took off from like working and being productive so that they could revel in the Venusian qualities of life. So Friday is the day of Venus. 
So they would partake in Venusian things like amazing food and drinks and spending time with partners and lovers and, you know, enjoying art. And so I know I'm publishing this late, but if you hear it, take advantage of this Friday the 13th. Get something delicious, have some good food, have a good drink, call someone you love, spend time with someone you love, take a bath, do something to indulge the Venusian qualities. Speaking of goddesses, it's a pretty goddessy podcast, if you will. So Friday the 13th is Freya, and we are almost entering this really beautiful period of time called Navaratri. And so Navaratri from Sanantana Dharma is the nine nights of the goddess. And it's offering obeisances to the goddess Durga. And Durga <laughs> is one of my favorite goddesses. How can she not be if you know anything about Durga? So something a little bit about her creation is that at least the story I heard in Sanantana Dharma, all the stories are usually like a million different stories. This is the story that I was taught. The three main gods of Shiva, Vishnu, and Brahma were fighting a demon. And the demon had this curse where he said, no man can destroy me. And so these three gods, Vishnu, the preserver of the universe, Shiva, the destroyer of the universe, and Brahma, the creator of the universe. I mean, this is a powerful crew of gods. They're fighting this demon and they can't overcome him. And it's a struggle and they're like losing hope and they don't know what to do. And then they remembered this demon can't be destroyed by a man. So Shiva and Vishnu and Brahma, they take the most powerful attributes of themselves and they combine forces to create the goddess Durga, who destroys this demon. And so she is the protector and the defender against evil, right? She's the defender against a dharma, that which is not dharmic. And so she upholds this dharmic quality of the universe by destroying that which challenges dharma. And so, right, I mean, can't we all agree that we're fans of Dorga? So the Night of the Goddess is coming up on October 15th. And so that's a pretty exciting time to start kind of basking and reveling in this beautiful goddess energy, you know, bringing us something light and, and enjoyable. And again, remember this focus on a dharma. And each of us has this ability to be dharmic, to live in alignment with divine will. Hmm. Such a beautiful reminder. You know, this, before I get into the reflection, I just want to tell you all, did you know that humans are the only species that can live against dharma? All animals by nature are dharmic. So dharma, when we're living in alignment with dharma, we uphold the natural balance of the universe. So animals and plants and all of these other beautiful, alivened beings, they are naturally in flow with dharma. They are naturally in flow with the natural cycle of the universe, which in my opinion requires a lot of respect and reverence to have respect and reverence for the plants and the animals and the water <laughs> and the leaves, you know, whatever it may be. They're dharmic. 
Um, and we can also learn so much from them as teachers. Humans, humans are given the double-edged sword where they can, they're the only species who's capable of reaching enlightenment, of having the mental capacity and the spiritual capacity to really achieve that level of awareness and perception. But then they're also the only species that can create a dharma and thus throwing the world out of balance. So pretty interesting stuff. We have this opportunity, you know, which wolf do we feed? Well, not wolves, because wolves are dharmic. <laughs> which part of ourselves do we feed? Do we feed the part of ourselves that's a dharmic and creating kind of mishap? Or do we lean into the dharmic qualities, which is upholding moral standard, treating others with dignity and respect, you know, following the will of the divine? So hopefully that's helpful, a reminder for all of us, including myself. Let's go ahead and talk about our eclipse reflection. So if you are driving or washing dishes or walking or doing something busy, then perhaps this is something you can contemplate and think about. I know that I'm definitely a physical processor. I do a lot better like walking while I'm learning or moving my hands while I'm learning. It helps me absorb information. So it could be good for you. And if you are seated, you may choose to write this out. It may be helpful just to have like a written prompt so that you can follow along and maybe pause the podcast while you write or something like that. So we are in eclipse season and this is always a portal of change on a personal level as well as a global level. And the events that are occurring now is going to kind of set the stage and create themes for the months to come. And so it's very important how we choose to focus our awareness and focus our intentions. Um, be sure that when you do this exercise that you are in a state of calm, that you feel very clear, that you feel very grounded, that you feel maybe even like content in a sense. Something that my therapist always reminds me of is that our state determines our perception. So our current state of being will determine how we perceive a situation or an event. So true, right? If you're kind of already riled up and you're kind of upset and someone cuts you off, that's going to create a much different outcome than if you're serene and you're happy and you just got off the phone with your boyfriend. <laughs> someone cuts you off, doesn't really matter, right? Our state of consciousness in the moment determines our perception. So when we're manifesting, when we are creating something for the future, which is what we're going to be doing today, we want to be in a state of clarity and in a state of soundness. So we can all, you know, ode to my therapist for that because it's totally changed my life. So first of all, as we're taking time to reflect on this upcoming eclipse and set some intentions, it's always nice to reflect on what's happened. And so we are in the six month juncture point between eclipses. And so just taking some time to reflect on the past six months and you may take time to reflect or write the themes that you experience. Like when you think about the last six months, and this could be fun to do with like a friend or a partner or a kid or, you know, sharing could be a great thing too. But thinking about themes of the last six months, when you think about that, just what immediately comes to the surface, what you are focusing on on a day-to-day -day basis, 
what kind of conversations you were having on a day-to-day basis, what you were spending time on on a day-to-day basis. That's like the theme. After you think about the theme, think about the people who were most prevalent in the last six months. The people you spoke to the most, the people you spent the most time with, maybe someone important that you met, maybe someone who left your life, maybe someone who caused some drama and left an impact. This is important stuff. Just kind of notice and think about it. And once you think of those people, you may even take time to reflect on each person specifically and think about lessons that you learned from them, something that you shared together, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing. And then think of important events that happened in the last six months. Maybe think of three important events. And sometimes I have a hard time with this, honestly. I'll have a hard time if someone's like, what happened in the last six months? I'm like, huh, let me think about it. It's been getting easier as I get older, but it used to be really a challenging thing for me to to recall. So going through an email can be helpful, like looking at um, different emails that you got throughout the last six months, different messages that you got throughout the last six months. You could look at a calendar. If you're, if you're a planner and have things written on a calendar, you can go back and be like, oh yeah, I went to that concert or oh yeah, I you know, had that appointment or a meeting. So just kind of thinking about it. And after you take some time to reflect on the themes and the people and the events, there may be anything else that's kind of coming up um, that you're wanting to take note of and that you're wanting to think about. And when you're complete with the note-taking process, rather it be a mental process or a physical process, if there's anything that you're wanting to release from this experience, there is anything that you're wanting to let go, if there is something that didn't serve you, if there is something that left some sort of negative energetic charge in your body or in your mind, in your emotional state, in your psyche, just write it down. And after we're done with this podcast, turn on some music, make the intention that you're going to let it go, and then shake your body wildly. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Dance, shake your hands. Shake your wrists, shake your elbows, shake your shoulders, just shake it out. Allow that frequency, whatever kind of left its mark inside of you, what left its echo, just allow it to kind of leave your body, give it permission to leave your body. You can ask a goddess or, you know, something that you turn to as a divine force and ask it to support you in allowing it to leave. Let it go, tear up the piece of paper. And you know, before, before your little ceremony, before the shaking ceremony, um, (laughs) imagining that every single one of my listeners is going to do this is absolutely amazing. I hope that there are at least 50 people listening to this podcast who are dancing simultaneously or who are shaking simultaneously. That'd be amazing. I might be one of them. Um, but you can ask yourself, first of all, what was the biggest lesson from the six months? What was the biggest takeaway? And then give yourself three words to describe the last six months. If you had to capture the last six months in three words, what would they be? You can just let that settle. Then do your ceremony, your shaking. And so the next portion 
right? We're creating space. We're releasing. We're letting go. We are preparing to move into a new chapter. That's what the eclipse season is all about. So we're doing it mindfully and intentionally. So we created space. Now we're preparing for what is to come for the next six months. And so for some of us, we may already see these kind of themes and ideas and concepts manifesting. And some of us may have no idea what's going to come up. It may be a surprise. Um, But the intention setting process is to think about where you are now, where you would like to be in six months, how you would like to feel, what you would like to be spending time on, the people that you would like to be spending time with. Really, really embodying what that desire feels like in your body. If you had that life, right? If you're thinking six months ahead and you're like, okay, this is the life that I'm imagining. This is the life that I'm dreaming. This is what I'm doing. This is who I'm with. What it feels like in your body when you have it and you've attained it and you've completed it. And from that place, when you've really manifested that sense inside of yourself, and it can take several minutes to do, but when you get to that feeling like, okay, six months from now, I have this job, I have these friends, I'm with this person, I'm, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, the sensation that is created in your body. And then think of three words that you would like to manifest for the next six months. Three words that can encapsulate what that six-month journey is going to create, what you want it to create. And so after you get your three words, think of three actionable steps for each of the three words that you can do daily or weekly. And really allow yourself to commit to that from that from that feeling, right? From that feeling of attainment as if you already have it, as if it's something that belongs to you, if it's, it's something that's yours already. What can you do daily? And what would you do daily, right? If you were living this life, if you had this type of relationship, if you had these types of friendships, if you had that job, if you, if you had what it is that you're wanting, how would that change your life? What would you be doing every day differently? How would you be living differently? What choices would you be making, making that are different than from right now? And which of those can you begin incorporating tomorrow? So that's really what we're getting at. So you compile a list just of those actions and activities, thinking about how your life would change you know, to create this future lifestyle. You can begin operating from that space now. And then for your three words, those visualizations, specifically assign them three actions each. Kind of hold them close to your heart as we move through the next six months. And then after you complete your list and after you complete your reflection, And so again, just in case, because I know this isn't visual for those of you who are not visual learners and maybe struggling for the manifestation, it's thinking of three words that you would like to describe the next six months. So for example, if you are wanting health for the next six months, 
What are three actionable steps to support health? Taking a daily walk, getting adequate sunlight, maybe drinking less coffee, something that's applicable to you. If whimsical (laughs) is what you want for your next six months, for me, when I think of being whimsical, creating a whimsical life, spending time with wildflowers regularly, spending time drawing clouds or birds or things that are, you know, not necessarily important, but they bring me joy. I think of spontaneity, doing things on a whim. (laughs) So thinking again of a word that you want to embody the next six months, thinking of three of them, and then three actionable steps you can do regularly, but then take some time on either the same piece of paper or another piece of paper. And when you are envisioning that version of yourself six months from now and the direction that you're wanting to go in really spend some time thinking about how your life would be different how you would wake up differently how breakfast would be different how your relationships would be different how your conversations would be different how handling conflict would be different how perceiving yourself would be different write them down and potentially begin operating from that space now That will ensure that you create at least some (laughs) of that manifestation almost immediately. When you're done with your list, when you're done with your reflection, when you're done sharing, whatever it may be, take some time, light a candle, sit for five minutes, allow yourself to get grounded. Some of you may choose to chant mantra. You may listen to mantra. You may choose to lay down and just kind of meditate for a little while. Let yourself just, you know, sink in. Let it kind of integrate. I'm thinking about pouring water into a a potted plant, right? When we pour water in, it takes time for the water to trickle down. It takes time for the roots to absorb the water. Humans are organic material. We're not machines. So when we're doing this type of work, especially energetic work, it's so important for us to steep and to let ourselves absorb like a plant, like an organic being, not, you know, typing some sort of formula into a computer, hitting enter and expecting some sort of result. doesn't work that way. Nothing works that way. And that's why the physical component of yoga is so amazing is because it taps right into that quality of ourself. We start integrating things like a plant. <laughs> so maybe you do some asana, you do some physical yoga. So I hope that that was helpful. I hope that that was supportive. I hope that it was nourishing. And if it wasn't, I hope that you have something else in your life that can bring you a sense of nourishment and ease and love. And if it was, then that brings me so much joy. Um, That's what I have for today. Um, Again, the Inner Knowing Vedic Coaching Program is currently closed. So we're no longer announcing that. Um, if you would like to book a 30 minute reading, I'm still offering those. You can go to innerknowing.yoga. My Instagram is astrology now underscore podcast and my Patreon where I do weekly horoscopes is patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. Again, my name is Christina Rodriguez. This is astrology now. Thank you so much and happy Friday the 13th.